The American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that silently spreads, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We must take America back. Main Street to Wall Street, cities and states, Washington D.C. Before it's too late, there's not long. We need leaders who lead us, not stick us and bleed us, then ransom our future and our children's. That's wrong. We must take America back as liberty weeps. Our forefathers spin in their graves. Pray God will bless some way out of this mess. We must take America back. And we begin the second hour of the National Intel Report. I'm your host, Steve Elkin, sitting here for John Stab Miller today. Today's date is May 28th, 2020. And uh, before we go to the phones again here, I, I'm going to play a clip here. We're going to definitely get this clip off. But I got something that I know a lot of people ask me questions. How do you listen to the show? How do you search around for different uh, talk radio formats? And I just got another manual in the uh, the mail the other day. Now, I have no financial interest in this. It's just a pretty decent deal, and I've worked with these people before in the past. It's a sea crane company out of Ferndale, California. I've actually driven out there when I used to live up that way. And they have a, have a sale now on their Wi-Fi radio, internet radio, for $99.99. I'm not sure why they, they just don't say flat-out $100, but uh, pretty good deal. It's got like 99 presets on it. Uh, it's very reliable internet radio, and that's exactly what I use, but not that one. Actually, I would have had, had a, at the time I got a good deal on a Grace Digital Wi-Fi radio. So, But uh, the reliability, it's got uh, four and a half or five stars, and Definitely, definitely worth the purchase price there. No more firing up your computer. You just turn on the Wi-Fi radio. You program your buttons there and just hit a button and boom, RBN comes right up. Isn't that nice? Think about that one. C-Crane, the Wi-Fi radio on sale right now. And we're going to go back to the phone lines here. And we've got uh, in Colorado Springs, Rattlebone. You're on the show. Hello, Steve. Um, I have been to see Crane in the little house that I bought. I thought that was in Fortuna, California. Great. People, oh, maybe it is. Great. I thought it was. Fer- I thought it was product. Ferndale. I thought it was Ferndale. Ferndale it may be Fortuna. There. It may be for. Fern- it may be Fortuna. Yeah. Ferndale looks like a gingerbread town of those gingerbread houses. I believe it's absolutely, yeah. you know, surrealistic. Do you, do you know what movie? Nervous. Do you know what movie they filmed there? No. I don't. In in Ferndale, what movie? I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. It's a Jim Carrey movie. I'm sorry. I don't do those kind of flicks. No, no. This is this was a ser- this was a no. I'm serious. This was a serious movie. This actually was a very good movie for Jim Carrey. It was not a comedy. It was a very serious movie. After World War II, coming back to a small town, they shot the whole movie in Ferndale, California. It was called The Majestic. It's a pretty good movie. No. Okay. The I'll, Majestic. I'll write that one. Yeah. One, it's, it was a serious tone. He was a mistaken identity. He had uh, amnesia. He was mistaken for somebody else. He didn't know who he was. Good movie. 
I, there was one movie that he impressed me with, I have to say, and it was a bizarre. I think it was like uh, the, um, the Unforgettable Lightness of Being or something like that. Uh, anyway, Steve, I'm incredibly nervous when I call in, so I do have to write things down. Okay, and, sure. Um, I, I'm as energetic as Tom is, and bless his, bless his heart, he always shares so much. Um, I've been meaning to just say this to you about Seratia Marquesans. Um, okay. From the bay from the bay area okay in 1985 i graduated from nursing school in san jose and got right into icu after critical care classes in De Anza college in cupertino wonderful wonderful education then i started doing open hearts and um i did too I, one of okay yeah one of my patients had seratia marquesans and this beloved cardiologist one of the few physicians i cared for as part of my career uh, he had said, oh, yeah, he says, well, that really wasn't a pathogen. And I said, well, when did it, when and how did it change? And he says, well, they sprayed the Bay Area, the Air Force did, to see mm -hmm. what it would do to people. And the instance is that Is that what of, you're talking about, 1961, with Operation uh, Ocean Sea Spray? The Ocean Sea Spray. And the pathogen was Thoracia right. marquesans. It was right. not a pathogen. So what it did do being sprayed over the lovely Bay Area was cause a lot of gentlemen to have major uh, valve problems in their heart, be it aorta, tricuspid, mit mitral, right. et cetera, et cetera. So I, I wanted to get that one away. Um, mm -hmm. As far as uh, George Floyd, that yeah. yeah, when I first saw the video, I, I, I tell you, man, I was very tearful about this. And, and blessings to the gentleman who recorded it. He would say, man, come on, the guy's not breathing, bro, and this and that. And I and I was screaming, I was screaming, you know, citizens arrest, citizens arrest. Somebody somebody jump him like Steve McQueen in The Great Escape, jumping on uh, one of the guards who before he shot his, his, yeah. his uh, fellow prisoner there. And, and yeah. uh, I could see myself doing that. Uh, with that punk that was standing in front of the view of the recorder. My mm -hmm. former wife, next point, my former wife uh, was uh, from Chile. And uh, the, the illustrious Henry Kissinger, you know, uh, put in a, a military coup d'etat and put mm -hmm. in uh, a guy who I say, his, not, his name is not General Pinochet, it's General Pint of Shit. And our country mm -hmm. supported all of that uh, for the yeah. military coup d'etat. My wife had said, you know, once you lose the street, you have nothing. And check out Chile now. Really cool people, um, you know, really cool people. They do their protests. They protest all the time. So um, I agree with Chance when Chance was intimating, you know, this is enough. This is enough. And, and, and I totally agree. And to my, my fellow, you know, black, white, I don't care about the color that they're trying to do this to us uh, black brothers and sisters please don't focus on the color now we need we need some strength because we're going to have to fight again this fall when uh, whatever the phase is and this and that when they really start grabbing us and putting our genitals in a vice um i i don't know the laws about uh, i don't want to get any inciting for anything else but rather than destroying People whose businesses are the poor, a lot of poor folk have been suffering these last couple of months. Can't we focus on protesting around the state building and the city building in that particular town and do all night vigil right. about this until these bastardos, uh, you know, focus on this issue? 
I am so terribly sad that this happened with this poor man. Okay, Tom. I, I agree. Uh, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, I need. Hey, I, I need to move on here, Rattlebaum. I appreciate your attention on this, but I agree with you, hundred percent. We need to focus on this, and uh, the the violence distracts away from the actual message of police brutality. We definitely need to, to curb tail this and stop this. This is not acceptable. And uh, I'm getting a little tired of the uh, of the excuse of saying, I feared for my life, and we see the video, and there was no fear of at all. It was just a trigger-happy cop that decided to use some force, some lethal force. But I'm, I'm really actually very disturbed by the police boards who end up backing up the officers, and this is creating more problems. Maybe that's exactly what they want to cause a division, a race division, and maybe a race war. And uh, they're, they're about that, ready to have it if they continue on with this, this practice of, of uh, supporting a rogue police officer. I thank you for your call. I do need to move on here. Actually, we are going to play a clip now. Since our minds are all open here, John and I have been talking about this case about this young police officer. His name is Greg Anderson. He's uh, a military special forces veteran and police officer with the Port of Seattle Police Department in Washington, uh, he was placed on administrative leave after he recorded a viral video urging law enforcement officers, officers to refuse to enforce tyrannical orders against citizens for doing things like going to church and to parks and to open up their businesses. And uh, I'd like to believe that it's real a real police officer that is uh, actually standing up for the rule of law and the Constitution and the people. I'd like to believe that. But I see a lot of things in the news today. I've eaten some crow over the last couple of years. I've been fooled into believing a lot of things. And this video tonight we're going to play here, Mike's going to play, it's called Good Cop, Bad Cop. I want you to listen to maybe another side of this whole story we had not thought about. Put your critical thinking caps on. Let's listen to this together, and we'll talk about it. Go ahead and play it, Mike. Okay, I've been reading a lot of comments into this video that I did about the supposed good cop who got fired for supposedly standing up against tyrants and tyranny. The title of the video is Good Seattle Cop Fired for Viral Freedom Video. Now, when I originally uploaded the video, I forgot to put quotation marks around the word good and freedom. And I want to admit that the first time Trish and I listened to this video, we were probably looking at the screen like horses staring at a new gate. While some of what he said seemed a little off and weak, like his misuse of the word anarchy and being afraid that the tyrannical actions of law enforcers would wake a sleeping giant, that's Americans, where Americans won't tolerate having their rights trampled anymore and law enforcement officers will have their ability to enforce the law stripped from them in about 10 minutes. Both of these actions would be a net positive for the people, but he kind of paints it out like it'd be a negative thing. Here's what he said. And, and that's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that these actions are going to wake a sleeping giant, i.e. the American people, okay? They are going to be put in a position where they won't have their rights trampled anymore. And us as law enforcement officers, we'll, we'll have our ability to enforce the law stripped from us in about 10 minutes, okay? Another red flag, as I pointed out in the last video, is that it's not good to maintain respect for his clearly tyrannical commanding officer. Other than that, it seems like almost everything this guy said was anti-tyranny and pro-freedom. For the most part, the majority of the people are responding positively to Greg Anderson's two videos. Could that fact be a reason to throw a red flag? 
Well, yes and no. This could be an organically viral video that has somehow managed to overcome the algorithms. On the other hand, it could be going viral because the algorithms have been set to favor him. So let's just ask a couple questions. There are some under my pinned comments stating emphatically that this is a psychological operation. Is that possible? Definitely. So you got to ask yourself, since psychological operations have an end goal in mind, what is the end goal in this case? Could there be a dilution of the understanding of true freedom in these videos? Of course, this danger is always present. A truly successful PSYOP gets the slaves to believe that they are not bound by chains or surrounded by electrified razor wire fences. Social engineers who formulate a successful psychological operation understand that none are more hopelessly enslaved than those who falsely believe that they are free. So this could be a psychological operation by him tipping his hat to the tyrannical commanding officer while at the same time claiming to be doing what is right and expressing disdain for tyrannical cops. What we have in both videos are some pretty stark contradictions. But is it possible that this respect that he still has for his commanding officer is simply a mistake on his part as someone who's just escaping the clutches of extreme state-run authoritarianism and he just needs more time to cleanse the BS out of his mind while he makes his way through his journey like the rest of us? Yeah, that could be happening as well. And we have to be honest with that fact. Others in the comments section brought up the fact that he mentioned three several times in the second video. He was contacted three days after the initial video upload. He was then contacted three hours after the video went viral. And he has three kids. And his Instagram name ends in 33, while his wife's name ends in 333. 33 is the number for Freemasonry and virtually every police department around the country has operated as a Freemason anti-freedom pro-tyranny organization. Could it be that he's a deceptive Freemason promoting his nonsense as he wraps himself in the good sounding words of liberty and truth? The answer is yes. It's a possibility that we should consider as critical thinkers. Is it a possibility that him having three kids and that he was contacted by his command three days after the video and that he and his wife had other reasons for putting threes behind their name on their Instagram accounts? Yeah, that's a possibility too. Can we point to these things and objectively conclude that this is proof that he's a New World Order shill running a clever psychological operation? Well, for some, this seems to be all the proof you need, but I'm not convinced. Now, there is the issue of the boatload of money that he's raking in and will rake in in the coming weeks on the GoFundMe page that his wife's best friend supposedly set up for him. When I did my previous video, he'd accumulated $13,000 and their goal was only $10,000. It looks like when they saw their content was going viral and that people were sympathetic to his supposed plight of facing termination, they decided to raise the goal to 50000 Now they're up to $56,000 in donations. And I just hit the refresh button before completing this video and the amount soared to over $75,000. They literally gained $19,000 in 41 minutes. He has now just accumulated in one day what it probably took him a year to make as a cop. 
And we got to ask ourselves, is it possible that he wanted to get out of his job as a cop so bad that they put their heads together and decided what would make a good viral video? Could they have said, okay, hey, let's get Greg in full uniform in his cruiser with some of his state-issued equipment in the background and make a video calling out the tyrannical cops, which would certainly strike a chord in people who are growing sick and tired of the despotic police state orders being forced down our throats through this whole pandemic. And then set up a GoFundMe page where he's sure to rake in a whole pile of cash. Because guys, this GoFundMe train looks like it's just gaining momentum. We got to be honest with ourselves. This is a possible scenario. Do I know if that's what their motives were? No. Could Greg's motives be pure? Yes. This guy could genuinely care about freedom. But we don't need to turn our minds off and let our guards down. I'm just not willing to make a judgment on the guy until I see evidence either way. So far, I'm not convinced. So what do you guys think? Is this a psychological operation for sure? If you believe it is, what's the concrete evidence? Or is this guy the real deal? And if you think he is, how did you arrive at that conclusion? Let me make one more observation that we have to come to grips with. He's been an employee of the state for years. He's worked for and with the criminal thin blue line, and he's enforced unconstitutional laws and trampled the freedoms of no telling how many people during his career. And now he's claiming to condemn those tyrannical actions and the tyrants while he supposedly honors freedom and liberty. This is tantamount to a mafia member in Al Capone's gang making a video about the evils in the Capone crime family and yet remaining in the same criminal cartel until such a time as they cut him off. The bottom line is this guy's going to have to prove that he's the real deal. Leave your thoughts about this for the world and the Google Thought Police in the comments section below. We can below. stop it there, Mike. <clears throat> so um, I have no nothing really much about the Freemasonry and the numbers three three and all that. I, that didn't pique my interest at all. What did pique my interest was the possibility that uh, he makes a good argument at the very end there that he's enforced many unconstitutional broke many unconstitutional, been a lot of unconstitutional things, enforcement, broken a lot of laws, and now comes clean and has a conscience. And that golden parachute, I was just trying to find out what the actual number for GoFundMe, how much money now is in that in that account. The last time I heard was 400000 I think it was close to 500000 I cannot find a true number. If you find it, let me know. But uh, I wondered, uh, could this be a psychological operation? We haven't been looking at it at that way. But an officer who's a veteran officer suddenly comes clean after having been part of um, uh, enforcement of many unconstitutional things, acts, now comes clean and now has a golden parachute uh, for a GoFundMe account. It certainly piques my interest to see that he'll never have to work again. Hell, he may be at close to a million dollars right now. I don't know if you see it, if you find it. I can't find it, how much he's made so far on the GoFundMe, but I would like to know if you find it, please call in. Did you find that, Mike? Yeah, it's. Did uh, you see it? Yeah, it's GoFundMe.com support Officer Anderson, and it's at four hundred thirty-seven thousand seven hundred forty-three right now. Four hundred and something thousand. Okay, okay. We'll be right back after a short commercial break. to 
This is too good to be true, except this time it is real. 100%. No joke. How about a $25,000 membership to Front Sight Firearms Training Facility as a thank you bonus for a one-time donation to RBN of only $500? It is a Commander Lifetime membership with no yearly fees or dues. The training is free for the rest of your life with over 50 different classes then leave it to your designated beneficiary. You provide the approved firearm, holster, ammo, eye, and ear protection. Many features and bonuses are included, more than you would ever expect or believe. This is the ultimate graduation present, wedding gift, etc., etc. See the details. Go to RBN's webpage and frontsite.com to make it happen. You will hear this offer only on this radio network. Help keep RBN alive. Tell five. As a listener of RBN, you're surely concerned about being informed and being ready for whatever may come. Please consider the following questionnaire as a soul-jarring wake-up call. If you answer no to more than two of these following questions, you probably aren't going to make it through any major disruption in our country. The questions were compiled by people that have been there. Are you really ready? Do you own your own firearm for the primary defense and protection of you and your loved ones? Have you ever been professionally trained to stand against life-threatening behavior? Have you ever practiced enough to fire 500 rounds during a two- to four-day time frame, day and night? Can you load, unload, fire, and clear a jam in total darkness? Have all the adults in your household been professionally trained? Are you, life and death, comfortable with your abilities with pistol, revolver, shotgun, and rifle? Are you aware that everything that you do to prepare for an emergency is a waste of time, money, and energy? If you haven't owned your abilities to their highest level to protect and keep what you have, do you have the repair parts that will most likely be needed for each of your firearm, and do you have the ability to install those parts? Could you completely clean every firearm you own? Are you aware that your body won't go where your mind hasn't been? In other words, without proper training, followed by regular practice, you probably will not win a gunfight. Well, how did you measure up? Take the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to start correcting your deficiencies by receiving your Commander Lifetime Membership with Front Sight Firearms Training Facility. A one-time donation to RBN for $500 We'll give you a Commander Lifetime Membership at FrontSight as a tremendously huge thank you bonus. See details on RBN's webpage to make it happen. The clock is ticking. You had better be ready before it happens.
And we are back. This is Off the Beaten Path. Steve Elkin sitting in for John Stadmiller today. I'm going to go back to the phones here. Um, like I said, I, that golden parachute, actually, uh, Mike had looked it up. It must have stopped at kind of a trickle now, evidently. And the total number is 437,473. Hey, you got threes in there again. <laughs> What's the odds of that? Three, 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 three. And there's two threes in those numbers. I don't know about the, the Freemasonry, but I'm concerned about the the amount of money made and his uh, future being set up pretty nice. Nice golden parachute there. And uh, certainly he has not acted appropriately as a police officer, followed many unjust orders and now comes clean and a conscience kind of like that guy that uh, is in mafia and he decides to um, join with the witness relocation program with the FBI FBI so he squeals on everybody and they set him up whether they pay him or just relocate him I'm not sure how that works these days they probably pay you now too but uh, I'm concerned about that this could be a psyop like I said put your critical care thinking critical thinking caps on here and look at it a different way than we have before. That's kind of what I want to insist that you do today because I've been taken before on things before I've been taken to the cleaners and I said, Oh geez, I didn't see that. I didn't think about that. I just took it for face value that the guy was honest and he was coming clean and uh, he was doing it for the right reasons. The rule of law turned out I was wrong. Some guy just pulled a fast one on me. And I had to admit that. Back to the phones here, Dave in New York. You're on the show. Uh, hello, Steve. Good evening. Um, hey. It's funny you're talking about these numbers because I was watching the news yesterday or the day before, and they said, oh, that SpaceX launch is delayed until Saturday at 3.22 mm-hmm. p.m. Again today, they said, I was waiting <laughs> for him to say the time. And immediately I'm thinking of George Bush, too, and I'm there. What was it about him? I look it up. Skull and Bones three two two is a Skull and Bones number. <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting. I'm I'm not an expert on this stuff either, Steve. But I mean, either we see these things it's, out there, and they're put out there probably for a reason. Probably, probably. It's like, you know who who actually concentrates on stuff like this is George Norrie on Coast to Coast AM. <laughs> it's not right. Me. Well, I don't. But I, I don't know much about it. But I, I am concerned that the amount of money he's made so far. And psychological operations work like this also. So is he the real deal? I hope he is. Is he? Is this a PSYOP? Maybe. He might be. I wouldn't trust any of them uh, you, until you really know. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, regardless, um, I, I remember, I, I want to ask you about this. It's, it's in central Florida. I, I was in Lakeland, Florida. This was about 20 years ago, and I noticed something uh, since I'm from New York State, I mean, we have a different way to segregate black populations from white. They're in the housing developments, and we're in, you know, I mean, yeah. it's not done in such an intentional way. But in Lakeland, they have suburban uh, communities with a chain link fence, and on the other side, these more older shacky type buildings where the black community, so to speak, uh-huh. um, lives. Mm-hmm. And I think they had that in a number of places. Uh, this must be a, a southern practice from from the past i mean can you comment on that at all because it's kind of related actually to, i i can't comment yeah. that there's nothing like that in my area here at all um you know every city has its bad areas you want to stay out of and maybe it's it's got color to it or, or maybe it's just a a pocket of hispanic i know well california's 
got pockets everywhere. I mean, San Francisco, you got Chinatown. Is China in actually downtown San Francisco? Then you got Little Japan, and you got Little Italy's, and and then pretty much the entire state. I guess it's one big pocket now of Latino, the entire state of California. But um, no, I can't comment in my area here that there's anything like that at all. It's uh, I, I'm I'm pretty happy. I, when I picked my location where I want to move down here, I had a couple different places I went to. Charleston was one. Savannah, Georgia, was another, and then couple other places down here in florida and if i found something that fit for me and cost of living and oh yeah uh, you escaped from california or something like that yeah i, I escaped california. somewhere else yeah yeah right oh uh, yeah okay well um regarding this the shooting um to me it's very strange that these cops were doing this and and allowing themselves to get filmed uh it, it all i mean it seems very strange uh, i i don't know if they're they were you know, paid to do this, or if they just did it on their own, uh, and then well, you can't you, you know, can't I mean, stop you, you can't really stop people from filming. We've we've seen those stories where people say the police officer says you have to stop filming right now. The guy's on his porch and he's he's uh, videotaping a, an arrest out there in the street. He says I have every right to 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 videotape. There's nothing you can you can't stop me on this. Hang on the line. We'll be right back. This is the National Intel Report. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Call toll-free 1-855-2-KEEP-IT. That's 1-855-2-KEEP-IT today. What would you say if I told you we have a new tool that will increase production and lower maintenance costs for your meat processing company, and it would pay for itself in just six weeks? When pigs fly! The new Ease-Off Model EZ4 replaces old spring-style carcass droppers and is faster, safer, and more reliable. The Ease-Off lowers or lifts 1,000 pounds to or from your rail automatically using our remote control. Sounds expensive. Can I afford it? Can you afford not to try the Ease-Off? It installs fast with just three bolts in place of your current dropper. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue and injuries, speed up your line, eliminate downtime, and increase profit. How can I order my EaseOff? Go to EaseOff.com, E-A-Z-E-O-F-F.com, and hurry, because we are offering $200 off on the new Easy 4 for a limited time. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. 
Cows, too. Ease off LLC. Summersville, Missouri. 417-932-6419. Extendivite really works. Here are some reviews from Amazon.com. Amazon customer, 5 out of 5 stars. I'm quite happy about it. This product has relieved what appears to be an angina problem, pain in the chest after climbing stairs, and short on breath. I'm quite happy about it. Dr. Sam Surreal. Good product and ingredients. Kept my blood pressure normal after mild heart attack in 2015. Switch to plant-based diet, also to reverse atherosclerosis. John Bispico's, 5 out of 5 stars, built up my immune system. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Let me go back to the phones here. Go back to Dave in New York. Dave, are you there? Yes, yes, Steve. Uh, what I wanted to say about that uh, about that incident was that there were two things that that struck me as strange, and one was that they allowed themselves they they did a murder where they were being filmed rather than did it in in an area where they were you know wouldn't get caught. I mean, that's really crazy. I I, I wouldn't put myself. Uh, you know, if I was going to do I, that, I don't I do be that, honest with you, uh, Dave. I don't think they thought that it was going to go that that way. I just think they were using force, okay. and 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 uh, I don't think they thought, well, we're going to kill this guy here. I think it just got out of control and too much pressure on the neck, and they cut off his airway, and uh, he died. You, th- you but, think it was? Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't well, think they. The other, yeah. And the other thing right. I noticed was that you know the response, and as it is many times, is just totally absurd. It's like. Let's let's take people's property that's unrelated to this and destroy it. I mean, if they went after and hunted down those four guys who did it, I mean, that would be understandable. But it, it absolutely makes no sense to go crazy and emotionally riot. But it's no, no. you know partly a cultural thing, and it may be uh, maybe induced, maybe seeded by uh, who knows, Mr. Well, Soros. Or, I think, like I said, never let a good, good crisis go to waste. There's 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 profit to be made here. There's a great excuse now to blame uh, the death uh, and then take take some goods for yourself, you know, steal th- some things. They just use it an excuse, and I, I don't like this. Every time, we, we have these all the time, these riots and these looting, and uh, what does taking a TV have to do with the death of this young man, you know, stealing? Uh, it's just an opportunity to enrich yourself, you might say, enrich yourself through somebody else's crisis, somebody else's trauma. I hate that. I don't like that. Yeah, it's crazy, and you know, I haven't seen, I haven't seen white people going out and doing that. Not to no. make any kind no, of a racial statement, but just it's just oh. it's just a fact. Is it cultural difference, or 
or or what emotional makeup? I, I think I, don't I know. think there's a um, there's a mindset. I think there's a mindset, Dave, that blacks feel like they've been oppressed for a very long time by the white man, and this is a payback. But I tell you, blacks today are waiting for an excuse really, to do it. That makes sense. Well, yeah, it's an excuse. Sense. But blacks yeah. today are much better off than they were in the past. And I mean, you had affirmative action for a while. Of course, that was taken away. Now it's called diversity, so they still actually have affirmative action. Um, they've they've actually benefited. They've done very well in the last 50 years from where they were. So that's uh, a bad excuse to say that I'm still oppressed and the white man is still kicking me around. White man has done a lot. And white uh, has you know opened up the doors for business, for work, for schooling, education, you name it. Uh, so there really is, this actually is the time for a minority to really climb that ladder. I mean, I've been passed up by a job for a job that was definitely more educated and more in tune to getting for somebody who meant a different color. I was not taken because, right. well, we need we need somebody who's who's got a color to their skin. I, I'm sorry, but you're qualified. But we have these quotas we have to go by. And uh, so there's my discrimination, a reverse discrimination, which is affirmative action. But they don't call it that anymore. They just call it diversity. We have we have to be diverse in our in our employment. And uh, sorry, we we have a position open for somebody else. It's not you. Yeah, yeah. I um, you know the other thing I can observe being from the north is that you know when I went down south and saw the black people down there in general, it seemed like they were somehow more southern, more uh, beat down in in a way like they felt like they, they they couldn't do anything they they were more like slaves whereas up here they're much more aggressive and more well to do i would say that was my impression well and it comes um, down to it comes down to education you know, it comes down to education i'm glad you brought yeah, that yeah. up because education is very important you know what's funny is that uh bill cosby went on he, he actually made a comment which later on targeted him I think that's why they, they manufactured this whole thing with, with women coming forward. They fished out of the works there to bring him down. But he'd actually made a comment. He said he told blacks to be responsible, accountable for their lives, and uh, stop blaming everybody and take some accountability and responsibility for your actions. He told them to stay in school, get an education. Don't have children out of wedlock. He, he made a lot of good statements, which I'd have to agree with. And soon after that, he became an Uncle Tom and they came after him, of course, trying to find ways to bring him and destroy him. And they succeeded in doing that. But uh, he made some very valid comments of why black America is not going forward. A lot of them aren't, but some of them have done well because they followed the, uh, the advice of Bill Cosby to say, stay in school, get an education, don't have children until you're ready. You know, plan your life out, the stepping stones of your life. And these people who don't do that have children out of wedlock, and many of them, many of them, and, and live that welfare lifestyle um, and have that safety net of, of getting a government check will never amount to anything. That might be those people that we're seeing right now that's saying, hey, this is a good opportunity to get, to get a TV or steal this or steal this. Those are the people that are probably doing this. And you're right. Whites don't participate right. in that kind of stuff. For the most part, you don't see that happening. Whites don't loot. They don't steal like this during these, these uh, emergencies. They don't do that. No, no. Um, Steve, can I, can I make uh, one more comment about a different, sure. uh, a different topic? Uh, sure. This Go is about Neil, Neil Ferguson's study, um, his, his prediction on the deaths due to COVID-19 and stuff. 
Okay. He wrote a paper on March 16, 2020, and it seems like he's he's often misquoted as if he had he had revised his numbers. But if you look in the paper on there's a table four in the paper that shows he predicted anywhere from 5,600 deaths or even even lower 4,400 I think to 550,000 in Great Britain due to this. He depending on whether there were no controls put in place or whether there were different forms of social distancing and, and things like that. So, um, but I've heard many people, you know, claim that they went out and revised their numbers, and, and I don't think they did at all. They, it was all in the publication. Um, initially well, you know, now, you know Dave, those, those numbers, publications, I can yeah. tell you right now, those publications, when I was in the school, uh, the IU School of Medicine, Indianapolis, that I had to read a lot of medical journals. I had to do a lot of case studies, a lot of drug studies I had to go through. And I had to go through them, fine tooth comb and see, were they, was it good? Was it good research? Was it bad research? And I had to, I, I, when I came up with so many times, I found that variables were left out of the study and they fudged on this and they fudged on this and they should have included this and that and they did not. They skewed their numbers. They skewed their numbers to get a much better uh, approval, of course, than submitted to the FDA and to get their medication passed. I saw many things like this. Right. And this is this goes on yeah. all the time. The skewing of numbers to get better numbers, to find something that fits. I mean, the, the unemployment numbers. I mean, come on. This is exactly what I'm talking about here. You skew your numbers to make it appear more where the economics aren't, aren't quite as bad as they really are. 14.7% unemployment right now is a joke. It's That's not true. 41 million people within the last two weeks have applied for unemployment. We have 41 million more people that have applied for unemployment on top of the 75 to 80 million people that were unemployed before. So that can't possibly be a number of 14.7%. That's our joke. We're probably in the area close to 30%, 28 30%, maybe 32% unemployed in this country right now. And many of these jobs will not be coming back. They will not come back. Yeah, yeah. We got a series. We got a serious yeah, problem here. We got a perfect ahead. storm, Dave. A perfect storm coming right now. To how is this going to be handled by government? People staying home, getting supple, uh, stimulus checks for how long? For how long can they do that? They're just going to go to the printing presses and well, keep running the money off. Are they going to make the people who are working squeeze them more for taxes? To hand over to government? Well, to hand well, over see, to the is... people who are not working? Yeah, this is a reflection, I think, of guaranteed universal income, which they want for in in the world government mm-hmm. system. I believe the Pope was even talking yes, about they do. everybody should get a thousand dollars a week or something. I mean, it looks like they're pushing people towards this, and then now you're our slave. You do mm-hmm. you go where we want, do do what we want you to do, or we just take you away. I mean, well, <laughs> I, you know, with the universal I, I basic income, I understand. Actually, the, the, yeah, the Pope had said that day. The Pope had said that. The universal basic income for the entire world would be a good thing for humanity. Well, okay, so where's my incentive to go to school, get a college education, pay a lot back, and get only universal basic income? I mean, how do you think the the sports professionals are going to handle that? These guys are well rewarded <laughs> on contracts. Do you think they're going to they're going to handle universal? What's a what would be a universal basic income for a uh, for an NBA star? What would that be? You see, this is well, going to well, squeeze see, out any possibility anyway of working hard to better yourself for more income, because that's why we work hard 
to better ourselves to make more economic. And uh, what's what's the incentive yeah. if everybody's all pay- if all the nurses I work with and I work much harder and I have more stress in my life working ICU or something or ER, why should a floor nurse make as much as I do? And they won't. So we'll just dumb my my salary down to a universal basic income where everybody in this hospital will make an equal amount of money. Where's my incentive to work harder for advancement? There's no incentive there. Plus, there's no way to unionize for universal basic income. So you can forget about unions. That's history. Yeah. Well, I I think it's there's a very evil uh, evil drivers behind their program to do that. I, I don't understand them, but it just doesn't sound right. <laughs> no, well, it doesn't. All right. Well, thanks, Steve. Nice talking to you. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Go back to the phones here, John in California. You're on the show. Hi, Steve. It's a good John. show today. Well, appreciate it. What's on uh, your mind? Yeah, I well. I heard something earlier. I don't know if it was Michael uh, Rivera's show or some one of the shows. Somebody was saying there was a possibility in that up in Minneapolis. That riot. There were some people bust in that did that. I don't know, you know, but it's it's totally. You, you know, know that's. Been something I, like I don't that. know either. I didn't listen to Mike Rivera's show today, but we have seen provocateurs come in and that they escalate it and they do it on purpose, and that was all for theater. And of course, there's an agenda behind all that. I don't know that to be true. I, I really don't. I can't comment on that one. No, yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised, but I, I'm not making a big thing. But yeah, that it's, if the officers are guilty, they should be punished and punished swiftly. I was, yes. uh, you know, I was going to go into it uh, off a uh, long 45, almost 50 years ago, and I almost made it. Except my eyesight changed at the last minute of my physical, and I and I I didn't make it. But I've seen right. at least in the last 20, maybe you know, 25 years. Yeah, it's getting more aggressive, militarized. Some of these people, I, I knew uh, one that went in and it sounded like he was ready to go bust everybody's head or something. I don't know what happened to him. He's, he's still in there as far as I know. But uh, I think the other thing I, I don't, that I, I really am upset about is not, most of this is all blacks and uh, people of color. You, you don't hear anything on mainstream about all the whites that were killed by the police. Uh, matter of fact, there was the one... Uh, woman um, a couple of years ago was killed by a, a black, a Somali policeman in Minneapolis. Yeah, there was I no outcry, that. no riots. I uh, remember that. Matter of fact, the police, would, he wouldn't even, uh, wouldn't even cooperate in the investigation. I don't know what happened to it, but that's something yeah. like that. And all the others that have been mm-hmm. killed. But uh, yeah. it's not equal. That's the only thing I, I don't you know, like I, about I was, that. Uh, I was living, well, nearby Santa Rosa, California, and there was a big case, a national case, uh, was called Andy Lopez young 13-year-old boy walking home from a friend's house, carrying one of those uh, paintball guns that looked like a real machine gun, AK-47. Didn't have the orange tip. It was taken off. He had earbuds in his ears. He had a little iPod. He was listening to music. He had it over his shoulder. He was walking home. He picked it up from a friend. He lent it over the weekend. He was walking home. Police officers pulled up, um, said they told him to stop, and uh, maybe he didn't hear him because... He had the earbuds in his ears. They shot him in the back and in the side, killed him. 13 years old. Turned out it was just a play gun. I mean, again, another bad shooting. Police board came back and said the officers feared for their life. Two officers here. And uh, there was no sign. He didn't turn. Nothing happened. I mean, the bullet holes, if you look at the autopsy, clearly he started to turn like he heard something. What's going on? And the, the rifle was still on his shoulder with a, with a strap. 
um, a bad, a bad choice, a bad shooting there. And, and uh, nothing, nothing ever happened to the officers. They were off scot-free because they used the excuse, I feared for my life. Uh, they handled it wrong, and the police board covered it up, or, or this gave, at least gave them a pass. We have a problem in this country. And like I said, I've had police officers try to egg me on for just asking a question. They really wanted to escalate. They wanted to do something. They wanted to show their force. And we have a population, and maybe it's 15%, maybe it's 20% of, of our police forces around the country. They're just bad apples looking to pull that trigger, to pull that nightstick out and crack your head. I want to get rid of those people. So I, I hope this goes well. I hope they prosecute all four. Like I said, not only the, the perpetrator who was leaning on the neck, the other four participated by not stopping it. They're accessories to the crime. They could have said, hey, wait a minute here. Let up a little bit here. I'll help you. They did not. To me, they're like the getaway driver. He's just as guilty as the stick-up guy. Prosecute them all. Send a serious message. Law enforcement, clean up your ranks. Well, Steve, right. And the training is not what it was when I when I would have gone in. They've lost it, you know, how to how to deal with it, uh, even even self-defense without having to use a gun. And even the, the practicing on, on using firearms is, is, is a lot poorer than it was uh, back then. The last thing I just want to say, hey, I was, I, uh, when I was going to college a long time back, I was harassed by a black police officer. I got stopped, traffic stopped, and fortunately, and he didn't come after me. I said he humiliated me, talked me down, and you know, said some derogatory things. That was it. But, you know, I didn't go around and ask, say, I'm going to sue him, go after him. Hey, I want, uh, I want a lawyer. Right. Just happened. Yeah. Well, I had the anyway. same situation coming home from work one time, and a police officer, I was going too, I was going too slow. And I was let off at work at 11 o'clock at night. And I was driving along a windy, windy road in uh, St. Helena, California. And I was being really careful because on the way there, I noticed a lot of dead deer along the side of the road. And they just jump out everywhere. And on the way home, my little Mazda 3, I did not want to hit a deer. So I'm I'm being kind of careful, going slower than normal. It's 11 o'clock at night. There's nobody really out there. But I'm being careful watching for wildlife deer. And a police officer pulls me over and tells me I'm going to, I'm going to slow, and he can give me a ticket. And he says, well, "Do you work at the hospital?" I'm mean, here. I'm in scrubs, and I have a stethoscope around my neck. I feel like saying, "God, you're just so freaking smart." How did you know that? Hospitals around the corner. But I was nice. <coughs> Excuse me. I was nice, polite. But then he started to get smart with me and saying that he can give me a ticket for going too slow. I said, "I'm being careful." I said, "So you give me a, a ticket for being." on the side of caution. I said, do you see all the dead deer along the road the last next couple of miles? Do you know how they got there for people going too fast? And it's nighttime and I'm tired. I'm going home and I'm going very slow. I want to get home without having an accident, hitting a, hitting a deer. He said, well, I can give you a ticket for this. I said, well, you can do that and I'll see you in court. And I'll tell the judge exactly what I just told you. I'm on the side of caution. I don't want to hit a deer. Now can I go? And he finally let me go. But he had to throw that in. I can give you a ticket. He had to show some authority. I, I have power over you. And uh, is one of those those officers that should not be in blue, should, be, should not be wearing a firearm. And I run into those guys all the time, especially these guys nowadays you see with the flat-top haircut. Those are the guys who came from Iraq and Afghanistan. Those are the ones you got to really watch. And I suggested people to getting one of those uh, seatbelt cameras, uh, strap cameras, 
And if you ever get pulled over, just hit that little button. They don't know it's a camera. And record your stop. That's your evidence. That's your evidence to, to find bad cops if a guy tries to misabuse you. You need to report those things. Yeah, that's right. Like I said, things have changed, Steve. The, the, the training is, is really sad, but it should be. Yeah. And I've, okay. I've talked to retired and even people in the uh, groups talking about this. I, I, I asked them, what's your opinion on the militarization of the police in this country? You don't get an answer. They try to squirm no, out can't. of it with something else. Mm-hmm. No, it's sad. Yeah. sad. I've been, right, I've been wanting to ask that question, too, and I can't find anybody who will comment. But I actually did find somebody now. And I hope to maybe even have him on the show because not only can he talk about, because he got out, he got out of being a police officer. He's now in his own business doing his own thing. But I I can kill two birds with one stone because we can also talk about vaccine injury because his little girl got all the series of vaccines and she has autism. And they now understand that the vaccine created that. But he can also talk about the law enforcement side. And he made some comments to my wife who told me, I said, I'm going to have him on the show about uh, how there are a lot of rogue cops out there that uh, are abusing the citizens. And he, he wanted no part of that. He was, he was only in the, the, the police force, I think, for a couple of years, less than five years. And he realized that this is not the direction he wants to go. And uh, he made a conscious decision to say, you know what, I don't want this. This is not the life I want to lead. And I'm going to go in business for myself and get out of law enforcement. And he did. So I'll see if I can get him on the show. We can talk more about what he thinks now, because he can talk about this now. He's out. Yeah, Steve. Well, also, let him talk about his child. That, oh, I'd yes, like to hear, definitely. I've never heard anybody oh, yeah. really who's gone through that discuss that on a show. That would be nice, yeah, too. I, no, I, I've got two people actually lined up for that. Another girl that I know, and the same thing happened. She actually uh, went up to Tallahassee, uh, has taken on the legal side of that whole argument. Her daughter was normal as could be. Got the MMR within a couple hours, became very silent, and uh, then started hitting your head on the wall. Seizure activity, and uh, she's, I think, 29 years old now. And on the level, I'm going to say, on the say, on, she's at the mental age of about a seven or eight year old, seven year old, at 29. Yeah, I, I could talk about this all day. But like I said, I was a school bus driver with special needs. I worked in a palliative care yeah. home. All these people gone through it. Some of them trying to sue doctors. Just a frustrating, sad, sad scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be looking forward to that, Steve. Thanks a lot. Yeah, me too. Appreciate that. I'm going to finish up with something else. Like I said, I was working on something here and um, been looking at a lot of this stuff that's going on with the mandatory vaccinations. Uh, 500, apoject, 500 million apogecs that are being going to be produced and uh, between two and four vaccinations for every American in a mandatory vaccine. I'm very concerned about that because the word is out that healthcare professionals will be the first targeted for this. So I'm working on that to, uh, to find my legal ways of saying, uh-uh, not going to do it and keep my job. So um, I will talk more about that in the future here, but you know, if, Donald Trump is saying right now that he believes that the COVID-19 vaccine will be a very effective vaccine. He doesn't quite know and understand the low effectiveness of the regular yearly flu vaccine. So you're going to ram this thing through some kind of fast trials and study with how many subjects to uh, actually test this vaccine. 
how many guinea pigs are you going to have in your vaccine trial? And then run it through, uh, jam the numbers up, make them look good, throw it by the FB, FDA, and the FDA says, sure, that sounds good. We'll put it out there. Of course, the, we understand now that the Supreme Court is now given a pass, a legal pass to the pharmaceuticals who actually create and manufacture that COVID-19 vaccine. No legal accountability. You're doing your best. You're trying to save humanity, and you will not they won't you will not be able to sue these people for damage attributed to by a faulty vaccine. Now they have the vaccine court, we already know about that. That's usually attributed to or going along with the childhood vaccines. This is going to be set up much different. Maybe they'll set up a vaccine court for this one, give you X number of dollars, but you're not going to get to go straight to the front of the line and sue the manufacturer directly. They'll probably set up another court just like they did for the other vaccines for the children. My guess is that's what they're going to do. CDC is now saying that the young, healthy have a 0.02 risk factor of getting the COVID-19 and being seriously ill. That's a very low factor. And uh, there's a map. Maybe I'll talk about it on Sunday. There's a map of all the 50 states. Some of them are left out, but they're talking about the uh, the percentages in each state. And, of course, we know that they're elderly, 60 or greater. They seem to have cleaned house on the nursing homes and the care facilities, assisted care facilities. They've really cleaned house on getting rid of a lot of elderly who have comorbidities or underlying health problems with this COVID-19 virus. But uh, they locked down the entire country over a high-risk group, the elderly. They locked us all down for this. There's an agenda there, people. There is an agenda, no doubt about it. It's not just Wall Street. There's more going on here. The tyranny of this government is spreading far faster, far greater than the COVID-19 virus itself. So keep your eyes open. And uh, that completes it for me today. Thank you very much, John, for letting me come on today and speak my piece. I will be back in the studio on Sunday for my show, Off the Beaten Path, and back in the studio with John on his show next Monday. Health, happiness, and safe travels, everyone. We will talk again. Is the Second Amendment your line in the sand? Is the United States Constitution important to you? Are you worried about gun confiscation? You need to join us for free at gunconfiscation.com. At gunconfiscation.com, you will meet like-minded patriots, get the latest Second Amendment news, and find anything you need to prepare for gun confiscation. Visit gunconfiscation.com today. That's gunconfiscation.com. Which side are you on? Talk Right, the conservative app offered by TalkStream Live that caters exclusively to the conservative talk radio community. Here you'll see only talk shows and podcasts from the conservative right, all the big broadcast names and online digital shows in one place. Talk Right makes it easy to find all your favorite conservative talkers with all the upscale features you come to expect from TalkStream Live. 
Keep up with the fast-paced political world. Download Talk Right today from Google Play or the App Store. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.